Hello, this is Tom Williams. You are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. Well, for a long time, I've been wanting to get someone with the following skills that can talk about uh, accents and talk about dialects and talk about articulation. So I, I found a lady who is an expert in it and teaches it. And uh, she just did a Remy Bumpo show, Doreen Feidelberg. Hello, Doreen. Hello, Tom. It's lovely to be with you, and thank you for inviting me to speak with you. Well, Doreen, uh, let me ask you now. Uh, I want I, 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 I want to have our listeners understand what you do and what your background is that makes you an expert. Well, I grew up in South Africa, in Johannesburg. I was educated there, and I've only been in Chicago for 15 years, but for many years I've taught speech and drama which means voice work, articulation, everything to do with theater and acting. And here I had been teaching at Columbia College, and my main interest there was voice for the actor and diction. And that's the whole thing about accent and dialect. There is a difference between the two, but everybody talks about somebody's accent. Well, accent really refers to somebody's first language, affecting their acquired second language, whereas the dialects are variations of the same spoken English. So you can have general American, you can have standard English from Britain, but there are dialects, of course, of each of those. I have been teaching for many years, and I am a bit fussy about the sound of the language. I find, though, that very often when I go to the theater, and I really do go very often because I'm on the Jeff Awards, I sometimes can't hear what people are saying, and it's not because I don't understand the American dialect, it's because they're not speaking clearly. And, uh, That's my pet peeve also, where they're not talking loud enough. And I, we were both talking, and we were just at a major theater where one of our stars uh, was just speaking too soft, and people were complaining they couldn't hear her. Well, sometimes I grant you there is a dead spot in a theater. Sometimes the set is so large that the voices on stage get lost. Okay, that could be a problem here or there. But I go to so many plays and I can sit right on top of the theater, of the actual stage, and not be able to hear what people are saying because they're not projecting. They don't use the voice sufficiently and their diction is not clear. Why do you think that is? Is that, uh, isn't that the director? or somebody in the auditions that should be casting people. As I agree, it's my pet peeve. And I'll add, not only can't you hear some of them, sometimes they talk so fast, bah, 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 and it's like a machine gun going off. You can't understand them because they're running their words together. Well, that's absolutely true, particularly about some of the younger actors who really do speak at a speed that you actually can't understand what they're saying. And one tends to want to slow them down, and I do that when I'm doing the uh, dialect coaching. But the personality and the excitement takes over. Very often the director is so busy with getting the scene right, with getting the play to look right and sound right, that he's missing some of the tiny little details that should come through in an actor and that means clear diction and projected voice and then of course when when they're doing accents like they're doing irish or they're doing english it can really run into a problem i've been at shows where they start out as an irish accent and they end up in uh, west virginia hillbilly <laughs> 
You're absolutely right, and that is so true. Well, the Remy Bumpo show, for example, that I did recently had mainly British English, but there was one. Was, uh, which, which, which show was that? That was You Never Can Tell that That's did right. so very well. Yeah. But those were all uh, British dialects, except for one who was the little Irish maid. And I must say, she worked so hard at getting it absolutely right. But then we have this problem of what is absolutely right. Because um, some, di some directors have said to me, teach them to be more or less correct. Well, I'm sorry, I don't know what less correct means. And as far as I'm concerned, I wanted to be as close to the authentic dialect as possible. So I'm going to really drill them in there to get it right. And isn't that a, isn't, aren't there techniques for the, for like the English accent, the Irish accent? Isn't there, there's an actual, it's a, it's a learned skill. Am I correct? You're absolutely right, Tom, because it's not just a question of pronouncing words. But what about the tune of the language, the rhythm of the language, getting variations in inflections and intonations, because each language has got a different rhythm. So when people say, oh, it's just pronunciation, it is not. It is the entire package that comes with that dialect. And so practice is very important. And when I'm asked to do dialect coaching, I do the most amazing amount of research because I'm scared of any little mistake that might come through. So I will listen to recordings, I'll make recordings where necessary, and when I go to rehearsals, I sit there with a pad of paper for every actor, and I start writing things down. Isn't it true that when they're, when they're older actors, their accent could be... Like, I go Downton Abbey, I watch. I, I think everybody's addicted to that. And you notice they all have different slightly different types of British accents, not only for their social class, but for their age. Yes, because some of them are more meticulous about it and others have become rather sloppy. But, of course, you're also listening to different areas of and England. All actors, like and they are, yes, but they're going to have a little bit more Cockney or North Country or a little bit of uh, Lancashire or Scots coming through, something like that. But that depends. That depends on the show. It depends on how much detail you need. But the training is very important, and I always say, thank goodness, that when I was at university, I studied phonetics and linguistics, because the phonetic script... From Henry Higgins, maybe? Kind <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, yes, I sat down there and learned that whole alphabet. And when an actor knows that and works with me on that international uh, phonetics alphabet, we can do it in a shot because I can write it phonetically and they can understand the phonetics. So do you recommend that, oh, the that. actors? Oh, yes. I think it's a wonderful basis for training. But actors have got good ears, so they listen and they practice and they copy and then they get it right. But there's a lot of work that has to be done. But the payoff is there because there's nothing worse than, than seeing a show where the accents are just atrocious, where it's so obvious that an audience can know the, the difference. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the audience because I sometimes wonder just how much the audience really picks up. Sometimes they'll say, oh, those accents were really good, and I'll sit there thinking, oh, no, they were not that great. But I always worry about one person sitting in that audience who knows the authentic dialect and says, gosh, this was badly trained. So I'm very fussy about the way I do it. But, you know, directors really are worried about having the accents or the dialect so correct that they lose the characters. 
And I don't like to feel that everybody's so worried about getting the sound right that they've lost their characters and their acting suffers. I yes. like the feeling of a an organic flow through the, the acting and the speech. I agree. I've seen some where they, where they do the accents well, but every one of them sounds exactly alike. Mm. And if you have three or four females or three or four guys talking back and forth, you can't tell who's talking, especially if they turn their back to you. Well, I think you've picked up a very important point there because the director should be saying, all the pace is exactly the same. Come on, let's vary it. This one is an excitable person. That one is a very dreary person. You can't pick up each other's rhythms that way. But few directors are, I'm sorry to say this, few directors are really fussy about the sound of their actors. And this is why we don't hear some of the actors and we don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, I just saw a pinter play at a place I will not name uh, where the, the two girls sounded exactly alike. And there was a, a blind fellow sitting next to me and he was so aggravated he couldn't tell who was talking. Very interesting, I really think so. But that's something that I think a director ought to pick up. And a dialect coach would. So I'm going on to say that I don't think enough of the theatres use dialect coaches, and I think they should. Certainly, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank you, because some of the really big theatres have got their resident coaches. That's wonderful. And I really do admire so many of our dialect coaches in Chicago. Yes, some good ones. Huh? I think they're very good. I really do. So they have my respect. But what I'm worried about is that too few theatres see the value of a dialect coach. And do you know that two days ago, I got an email from VASTA, which is the organization I belong to, Voice and Speech Teachers Association. They were so excited. They had sent this all over America to all their members. What had happened? Julianne Moore received an Emmy Award for her performance in a movie. She stood up and said, I want to thank my dialect coach. This has got to be a first ever in the whole of America. And we were thrilled. All our members just cheered because at last we were being recognized for what we do. It's serious work and we love it. It, it, it kind of reminds me that the, the I guess the dialect coaches go with stage managers. There are the, the troopers that just don't get the credit they deserve. That's true. The dramaturges do. There'll be a whole write-up in the program about them. But very rarely is a dialect coach written up on. And I think that's a great pity. So here am I to really push the importance of dialect coaches and saying, come on, use them and improve the speech, the voices in acting in all theaters. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I had a director tell me one time, when when they had a problem with some of the actors, let's say doing Ir an Irish accent, just doing, the, let's say, the West of Ireland accent, which is a heavy accent, he said, it's okay if they just have the hint of the Irish if they can't do it. What, do, what is your belief about that? Well, I must admit that there are some very tough dialects to do, and this is where I come back to what I said at the beginning. As long as they get it more or less right, says a director... I remember that happened to me when I was going to do a Shakespeare play, and he said, don't worry about our American dialects, as long as they get it more or less. And I said, I can't more or less. It's right or it isn't right. So you work with an actor. Some are better than others in picking it up. 
and uh, you have to work very hard, and they have to work hard. Well, what about just a hint? What about just a hint? A hint is not quite enough for my liking because I'm fussy about it, and there's a big difference in the different areas of English or Irish or Scots. And your stance is that it is a learnable skill, and it's like it's like learning how to pause and learning how to how to walk on stage and, and facial expressions. It's just another skill that you have to have down. Is that correct? It's a skill that comes with a character you're playing. Somebody the other day said to me, a great friend who's a very intelligent doctor, said, why do you have to worry about that sort of thing? Let them do the play and let them just use their American accents. What difference does it make to the play? And I said, all the difference in the world. If it's set in Ireland, it's got to have the Irish uh, dialect. If it's set in a particular part of America, it should have that. So it's no good saying a hint. It needs a little bit more than a hint. Yeah, I just saw a play about the RAF in World, in world War II. That play being done with American English would have been a travesty. Absolutely. And then how do you do Shaw? with an American accent? How do you do Oscar Wilde with an American accent? I, I must say I go to Shakespeare. I marvel at how close they are to the British English very often. Sometimes there's a little hint off, but it doesn't worry me because they're, they're pretty good. They're almost there in most cases. Well, uh, what's the difference between uh, getting the dialect and the accent right in, let's say, like folio method and, and some of the ways of doing Shakespeare? Well, now when you're talking about folio, you're looking at the actual script itself. So that depends on how fussy the director is. Sometimes they will say to me, we're using folio. Fine. It's the same English of any script of Shakespeare, except you're using an older version of the printout, of the text itself. And you're worrying about certain words that had slightly different meanings. So our research is very deep here. And a lot depends on how much that director expects from us. I think too few directors will say, I'd like you to work on voice and diction, not just diction, because we really are equipped to deal with both. Oh, yeah. See, I wasn't aware of that. I just complain when I can't hear them, when that projection. But it even happens in musicals, with, uh, particularly some of the non-equity musicals, where the, the, you know, the actors are, are still learning their craft where they don't project enough, and, and if they turn their head slightly away from the audience, you can't hear them. Well, I'm surprised because nowadays everybody's on mic in a musicals. Lot, not a lot of the you think the smaller ones aren't, the non-equities? Yeah, a lot of them aren't. Well, they have to learn to project, and that's my whole feeling about voice. Learn how to breathe initially so that you've got the power for the voice. Then learn how to resonate using the resonators in the nose, face, and mouth. And then learn how to project so that everybody comes out of a theater saying, wow, I heard everything. I don't always. And I'm really worried about that. Yeah, it, and it's getting to be a disease. And so it seems like part of your training might be for the directors, too, to get them tuned into it, to sort of reinforce what you're, what you're teaching them, right? Well, I think that would be the perfect answer, really, because I know that teaching at Columbia, if you're going to do directing as your major, you have to go into the acting class as well. And I think that's the answer, because you know then what to expect from your actor. And it's no good sitting there just allowing things to pass by when people can't hear. And, of course, I think that directors go into the theater when they're doing their uh, pre-opening night uh, shows, 
and they should be moving around the theater to different spots to see whether everybody can hear at every point in the theater. I couldn't agree with you more, but a lot of the young directors, they think that's uh, antiquated. But, you know, especially a drama or a play that's talking, if you can't hear what they're saying, it's pretty hard to enjoy it. Well, I saw a, a play recently that had three actors, each who had monologues, but those monologues were attached, obviously, to the theme of the story of the play. Every single one of them was so clear, so perfectly wonderful Let in voice guess. and speech. Let me guess, Faith Healer. You're absolutely right. One of my all-time favorite <laughs> play. And what a great cast. What yeah. a cast. Oh. Would, I would say there... Let me say, would you say they're a model for, for young actors to see? Well, I would say, I would send my students there to say, look, can you see how they are using diction, how they are projecting voices, but more than that, how they are varying pace, volume, pitch. They keep you so in, entwined, and their monologue, particularly the opening monologue that Cy Osborne does, was incredible. Well, I, you know, there you are. You picked that up immediately, and I didn't want to mention the names of the theaters or the actors, but really well, we they were it. a model, and that's a great example. Yeah. When they're good, I don't mind mentioning them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. And you know, American theater has taken in so much of the British, too. I find lately there are more and more plays done by British playwrights, because they're wonderful. And you have to be precise. I really feel that. So we do the best as we can. We train the actors. The director has to have something to say. And then it is up to the actor. So they mustn't drop the energy with which they start. Breath, voice, diction, all together. And that, see, that's the skill that seems to, uh, uh, determine who's who's the great actors are because all the all the top ones do it right every time that that's interesting they do but you see i think that um, perhaps the younger actors feel that there are old-fashioned approaches i would hate anybody to think that being good in voice and being precise in diction is old-fashioned i think that's part of the business and i feel that if an actor fails in that they have failed Yes, they have. And, and uh, I hope that a lot of people listen. And, and uh, are you available for uh, to, to, um, to, to dialect coach? Or? Well, I am a freelancer, and I go everywhere I'm asked to go. And sure, I'm available. How I would they, love it. How could they contact you? How could theater companies contact you? Well, they could through the Jeff Awards Committee that I sit on, or they could get me at my email address or phone number. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to even no, give no, it, no. really. It, we, we always have promotional commercials. Our, oh. our, my listeners are used <laughs> to that. Everything's always very pro. Because uh, if I was directing the show, I'd be interested in hiring. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this interview. Well, so, you're very kind. Give your email address. Well, thank you. Here it is. It's Fildor, that's P-H-I-L-D-O-R, 1488 at comcast.net. Say it once more. Is it the radio rule is you got to say it twice. Right. P-H-I-L-D-O-R-1488 at comcast.net. And thank you for allowing that promotion. Well, That's so kind of you. Well, uh, because, like I said, a lot of people are listening and they're... And they're uh, they would want to do it. Do you do one-on-ones or? Oh, yes. Very 
much so. I do have some of the professional actors, or even, I mean, not just equity, equity, but non-equity people, who will phone and say, I'm in a show, I'm working on a character, it's not coming right, can you help me? And we go through it. So you do one-on-one sessions? Oh, absolutely. Because I, I was told that the top actors, if they if they're do musicals, they always have the vocal coach. For the singing, and then they have their their what would you call yourself? The dialect coach, dialect yeah. and voice coach, and the voice coach. Yeah, right. Yes. Well, if singers can do that and be so dedicated, why not actors? We need to polish the skills all the time. Keep working at exercises. Keep working on what you do to make it even better. You know, I once told uh, you, you'd like this. I once told a, a gal, a young actor in town, and she was saying, "I'm having trouble getting." cast in a show and I said well you know you just got to keep keep going out there you know eventually and I said try this next time you go articulate and project don't scream but project and it's and because it's my pet peeve and I've talked to other casting directors and directors have told me that they can't find any so they find you know and she did and she got the next part and I don't know if it's coincidence or not but it, it she certainly impressed the director well you gave her very good advice and I hope more actors take that advice. Not that I'm trying to sit here as the glorious decider of everybody's fate, but I do feel that I love my art so much, I want to see everybody just getting better and better at what they do. We can't afford to just do slipshod work. I agree. The, the, the arts and in theater, there's no halfway. I agree. And, and, and let me ask you this. I have mentioned about... A lack of articulation, bad accents, bad dialects, and you're speaking too soft. And I think uh, uh, more reviewers ought to do it. I know Hetty has done it a few times when it's been bad. But a lot of the reviewers don't mention it. And, and I think if a couple of us more would mention when it's true, you know, if, the, if they hear that, uh, maybe, the, the, maybe they'll speak up a little bit. Well, I've been surprised at how critics don't really talk about it. They will say there wasn't much energy in this particular scene. I do feel they could have put a little bit more guts into what they're doing, but they never actually say, we couldn't hear you, and your words weren't clear. I wish somebody would do that while they're criticizing a play. Well, I'm going to try and say it, and I, and I, and I don't think it's good to name names, no. unless, unless an actor is just so bad, then you kind of have to, because you have to report the truth. Yes, you report the truth, but kindly. And I think that if a general statement were made about how sound was poor, diction was not clear, I think that point would be made. And that might indicate, get yourself a good voice and dialect coach. <laughs> right. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. So let me ask you this. Uh, uh, are, are you going to be back teaching college, or are you going to be just freelance now? Well, I've taught, I've been in this country for 15 years and I've taught at uh, the theater school at Columbia College where there have been some wonderful students and there are some marvelous teachers. But I decided now I'd like to give a break and go into training more of the professional actors and doing more freelance work in dialect coaching. Well, we sure need you and, and it's a skill and I'm just so glad to have you on here. Uh, so, with the Jeff Committee, you certainly get to see a lot of plays, don't you? I see about 130 plays a year, and you know what? Oh, that's all? Yes. <laughs> but I love it. I see so much I would never have seen in my whole life, and I just can't wait for the next one. And I don't care about whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. I love the theater. It's my life. It's my passion. 
and that's all I want to do. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how does Chicago theater rank with uh, South Africa? It's an unfair question, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. We just didn't have the scope. And in the days when I was living there, you know, we had apartheid. And so few, few of the theaters really could show much because there was an embargo on plays coming to South Africa. People like Arthur Miller, for example, wouldn't allow his plays to be performed there. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, and there were a lot of other playwrights who wouldn't permit it. Good for them. Yes, exactly. We felt that too. But you know what it did for us? It made our local playwrights write more. We suddenly had an emergence of wonderful black playwrights. Of course, you know Ethel Fugard's work. And I'm so sorry that Ethel Fugard isn't really done very much here. I think directors are a little worried about the dialect of Afrikaans English or South African English. Timeline Theatre did, has done a few, did, yes. Yeah, there have been one or two. And about two or three years ago, I did one for Remy Bumper when they did The Island. And the two actors in that were superb, the way they picked up the dialect of the black people of South Africa. It and was that, quite that's marvelous. A tough dialect, too. Yeah. Yes, it's very difficult. But they just had the ear and they tuned in immediately, and it was a pleasure to work with them. In fact, at one stage, I felt as though I was in South Africa, and it brought me to tears to listen to some of the things they were saying. Wow. Yep. Let me ask you this um, What about Eastern European, you know, Russian, Polish? Bulgarian, you know, th- those uh, those accents, because there's a lot of those places that would be coming around. Uh, are you equipped to handle those? Well, I would handle those, but I would have to do my homework, and I would. I would just research them, I would listen to them, and do my lovely phonetics writing, and I would be fairly good. I'm not going to say I'll be perfect, because I think a homegrown person will probably criticize, but I think I'd be quite good. The only thing I am nervous of doing is American dialects because I am not nasal the way South Americans are. And even though I would do my homework, I myself would probably not produce those sounds perfectly. So I sort of shy away from that a little. But I'm strong on the British and the European. And, and the Irish, I would assume. Oh, yes, I can do Irish, sure. How about Scottish and Welsh and some of those? All those. I have to study them, but they would be there, yes. Because if you are a dialect coach, you do your homework. You don't just uh, hope for the best. and then... So once you've worked with an actor uh, and you, you teach them the, the dialect that they have to learn, but you also teach them how to do the phonetic so that they can apply it to, to other accents, possibly? I try to do the phonetics, but if they don't know it, I feel it's an extra thing they have to learn, and sometimes they don't want to learn it. They've got so much to think about within the play itself. But I will write it in a different way for them and relate it to other words so that they're getting the sound right. There are different ways of coming into an answer, of course. So would you recommend that these actors learn the phonetic system on their own? I think it's a great skill to know. It really would help them. I would actually recommend it to all actors, and I'm sure that a lot of them do do it. Yeah, there's a few. It's funny, it, it, the ones that I think are the most articulate in town all know it. So there's, there's something to it. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to it. It's a great tool to learn, and I think they would benefit tremendously from that. Great. Uh, is there any parting? We're just about over. Is there any advice you'd like to give the young actors? I'd like to say to them, Don't be nervous of criticism. Allow yourself to be taught. 
go with what's being told to you and try your best because we've got some wonderful young actors. I love watching them. And when I see they've come out of Columbia College, I'm so proud of them. But I just say to them, keep working. You can do it, but it doesn't just happen. You have to keep working hard. Great advice. Folks, thanks for listening, and go see a play this week.